Hi all, and thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Open House. We're on a mission to develop a new mental health experience for all, because we believe that you can truly experience life advancement without having to spend thousands of pounds on -on one-on-one therapy. We believe that happiness is coming home to yourself under the layers and layers of you that society has told you to be. If you love this episode today, please do share on social media and tag us at Open House Life, as well as tagging Dr. Tari and I. Stay tuned as well at the end of the episode where you can get your hands on a discounted relationship reading with Dr. Tari by being an Open House listener. Now, into the episode, and it's a juicy one. Hey, Louise. How are you doing? So excited. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this episode. We have so much to talk about. How are you? so much to talk about. I'm great. So for everyone listening, today we are going to be discussing the very recent bombshell of Chriselle Strauss and Jason Oppenheim from Selling Sunset announcing that they are dating. There's been Uh, a lot of uh, social media talk about this too. A lot of social media coverage. I'm going to drop in some tweets as well that I think were very funny that I've thoroughly enjoyed reading, even though I probably shouldn't have. Um, We're going to talk about why aren't we happy for her after everything she went through on the last season? Is it just a publicity stunt? And then we're going to move into the psychology of settling or settling for an easy option or any option, to be fair. Then we're going to go into whether it's too close to home or is it actually finding love in an unlikely place? Hmm. Um, And then we're going to round up the episode by discussing the fine line between friendship and kind of pushing it over the precipice, so to speak, into a relationship or something more. Um, And we're going to also talk about my own experience with finding love in an unexpected place um, and and with an unexpected person, I guess you could say, and what I learned from that. So a bit of background to the story for anyone's listening. We won't go deep into this because if you're listening, we assume that you know. Um, But it was pretty heartbreaking watching the last series of Selling Sunset because Chriselle Strauss divorced her husband, Justin Hartley, who you might know from the NBC show This Is Us. If you haven't watched it, it is amazing. And I kind of have a crush on him. I don't know if anyone else does, but I just, I shouldn't. I feel like I shouldn't have a crush on him, but like I kind of do. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Why shouldn't you? Ah, well, some of the things we're going to talk about today, Uh I guess. (laughs) right right Right. yeah in the last series she was blindsided by the fact that apparently he filed for divorce via text and told her via text and we watched kind of the backlash and the repercussions from that Mm -hmm. since then she's dated someone else and then that ended pretty quickly and now she is officially dating her boss and co-star Jason Oppenheim one of the Oppenheim twins from that moment onwards things have been Quite mental in the Twitter sphere. Should we read some of them out? Yeah, do it. Okay, so they go something like this. I am losing my mind over Chriselle and Jason being a couple. Will Mary still get to sell the best houses as, and has Davina sold the 75 million pound listing? Give me <laughs> season four immediately. <laughs> oh, this is one of my favorites, which I really don't think I should have laughed at, but very upset about the Chriselle news. I really wanted the twins to end up together. <laughs> 
inappropriate, but quite funny. Um, and then we've got Chriselle actually outmoved Christine this time, which is a valid point. Christine is usually there stealing the limelight. And then an interesting one, Jason and Chriselle, a historic day for short kings everywhere. Mm. Well, the height difference, we're going to talk about that yeah. too, right? You can't ignore it. You can't. Um, so I'm really looking forward to learning a bit more about that from your side of things. So let's kick off with asking you the first question, which is that we we all felt so heartbroken for her on the last series. Like it really was. I feel like we've all been there, like that yeah. crushing, crushing breakup feeling. So I want to ask you, Dr. Terry, why are we not happy for her? Well, I think because we don't really know, is this real? Is she excited about this? How did it happen? What's going on behind the scenes? Is it real or is it an easy option? You know, or I guess the other thing, is it a publicity stunt? I tend, I I don't know. I'm not as jaded to think that I know people do publicity stunts, so it could be. I'm feeling like, I guess my concern is it's her not wanting to be alone. (laughs) He's there, you know? Yeah, the publicity stunt thing is difficult because I feel like you hear a lot about it post relationships after Love Island and Made in Chelsea. It feels like if you are in that relationship with that person that will get people talking, then it's going to increase the ratings for your show. And that in some ways I get it, but I also don't because I feel like I really think love is really special. That relationship is a big part of your life. I personally feel, and we'll talk about this with her, like, you know, she's 40. She's got a biological time clock. Is it ticking? I absolutely hate that analogy of people like saying it's ticking because it's definitely something that I have experienced and I'm experiencing, I guess. Mm -hmm. But it also kind of makes me think like, would you really be doing that in those last kind of important years between, I guess, 40 and 45, where it's like, okay, well, maybe if you want to have a baby, you need to kind of be doing it now. But yeah, I like what you said about the whole, like, just, it's just a lack of information, isn't it? Like we just get these pictures and like a five word caption and that's kind of all we're left with. And then it's like, huh? Right. And then we just fill in all the blanks, right? (laughs) We have no idea the real story, but it's, it's just, it's such an unlikely pairing because we've, I mean, they've worked together now for what, like two or three years. They've been friends. She was married and, you know, and the height difference. Like, yeah. Okay. Let's talk, let's talk about the height difference first, because I feel like I'm a very liberal person. I like to stand for like breaking all those boundaries around all the things that are ex- that are expected by society and almost doing it differently or, or maybe trying to rebel in some ways against what we're told to do. Mm-hmm. You know, love is love. It does not matter what someone looks like. And again, later in the episode, we'll come to kind of my own personal experience with this and like what society tells you your relationship should look like. But there is something about the height difference that just pervades like and continues to kind of also maybe make you feel like this is a weird and unlikely pairing. And they released this video recently. um, And I think this is mean. I'm going to say that I think this is mean. But they were dancing in this like day club in Mykonos or something. And someone tweeted saying she's wearing him like a backpack. Mm. And like that is Like, it's an awful, awful, awful thing to say. But I think it's actually just reflective of the fact that still in today's society, people are judging people on 
what they look like as a pair together. So I don't want to say that that's one of the reasons that I think that they're an unlikely pairing because I definitely feel like I can look past that. And like, particularly with my last relationship, it taught me love is love. The emotional transformative journey that you can go on honestly what the person looks like is almost irrelevant as long as you have an emotional and physical connection with them um but it is just interesting isn't it to see this backlash yeah well I mean and society is superficial right so a couple thoughts I mean in in one sense we didn't even talk about this Louise beforehand Mm -hmm. but I think sometimes beautiful women attract men who tend to be more superficial or like them, you know, for their appearance. And so part of me feels like, well, maybe, you know, she's with Jason or she's dating Jason right now because he really knows her. And um, so his height is becoming less important to her. But on the other hand, how does she really feel about it? How attracted really is she to that? Because I mean, height is a thing for women, you know, most of the time, whether it's that like, you know, we want the protector, someone who's like bigger and stronger than us. He might be stronger than her. (laughs) He works out, but you know, like it is a thing. I mean, the public is mean, so they're going to be like focused on that. I'm just wondering, like, how does she really feel about that? Because, you know, some, a beautiful woman typically ends up with a beautiful man. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a healthy relationship, you know? So she deserves to be with somebody who treats her well, and he's been a friend, but is there that like actual attraction or passion or again, is she settling? We don't know what she's thinking, so we can't judge. And this kind of episode is just for us to explore uh, lots of the kind of multifaceted pieces that come with a situation like this. Mm -hmm. And I think the question is, you know, is she settling or has she actually found love in an unusual place? And I feel like just picking up on what you said there around, well, God, there's so much for me to pick up on, but particularly the height thing. So I feel like in my many years of dating, so I am five foot eight. um, So I guess I'm like an average to tall woman. If I put heels on, you know, I'm definitely verging up towards six foot, if not over. I have historically dated tall guys. Um, Now, interestingly, if we kind of dig down into like my subconscious wiring, my father is six foot six um, and my brother is six foot three. So I've definitely grown up maybe subconsciously wired to think like, that just just the type of man that maybe I would end up with but in my last relationship he definitely went against that usual type he was a lot shorter and his stature was different to any boyfriend I've ever been with before but it just it didn't matter like the emotional connection that we had together meant that the physical connection was absolutely amazing It was just interesting to see that he definitely supported me emotionally and stimulated me mentally in a way that no one else ever had done. So the height thing was way less important because I thought he was gorgeous and I loved him so much. And that what you said about the friendship piece, I think is really, really interesting for me because me and my ex or my ex and I, if we're being grammatically correct, <laughs> when we first met, there wasn't really much of a romantic spark at all. And mm-hmm. I know that you've definitely got 
something to say on this and that initial chemistry piece but we didn't have that I mean there was definitely like a glint of something like we got on well there was like a lot of laughing and joking but there definitely wasn't that initial piece that I think the vast majority of society and is definitely perpetuated by Love Island which is like if you do not want to rip their clothes off instantly like sis he ain't the one for you Mm -hmm. um so yeah what are your thoughts on on that piece of the initial chemistry versus like the slow burning friendship that actually builds into something really beautiful and physical and emotional. Yeah. I mean, I think either can work, but if you have that initial chemistry and spark, you have to be super conscious to pace things because we usually don't. And oftentimes that initial chemistry that like, you know, like, Oh my God, butterflies, I can't eat. I can't sleep. Oftentimes we think that's because they're a good match for us. Oftentimes it's actually because they're not, it's like our old Mm. shit getting triggered, which is so crazy, you know? And so then what happens? Like you have the initial chemistry, you jump in, you probably make out, have sex right away. You're all caught up in that and the chemicals, the hormones, and then, and then you get to know the person and usually you figure out, oh, okay we're not actually a good match. So it's easier when you don't have like that intense chemistry in the beginning, because it's much easier to take things slowly and build a friendship and a foundation. But you're right. A lot of people think that if there's not that like intense attraction and chemistry in the beginning, it's like on to the next. And that's why so many people just cycle through partners and end up not in a long-term healthy relationship. Yeah, that's super interesting. I definitely feel like that would have been me in my twenties, like not so much the cycling through partners, but more just like, I definitely wouldn't date you unless like from the outset, I really like fancied you or thought you were really attractive or, you know, that that physical visual piece was there. And I think that actually what I have learned is that that kind of very much slowed down, um, probably in line with me stopping drinking as well, because obviously then you don't make rash decisions. You don't just kiss someone on a night out. Like you're trying to talk to them, get to know them. And it's actually quite wild now for me that I've actually gone like, it's not 360, is it? Cause 360 takes you back to exactly <laughs> where you were. One, 180. Yeah. <laughs> because now I feel like my challenge is the opposite, which is like, if someone's asking me out and I don't like feel that attracted to them, I'm like, oh shit, you know, my old brain wants to say no, but then my new brain is like, it could be something more. And then my biological clock is like, you don't have time. And Mm. then I've got like all these different kind of heads that are talking to me. But just circling back to the point, I do think that as much as I think it could be a publicity stunt, Mm. I also think having lived the experience of falling in love with someone that initially was a friend, and a friend in the background as well. Like it wasn't like we went into this aggressively talking friendship. Like we just didn't speak. I was living in LA. He was in London. Like there was a lot of time between us talking, but then as we started to talk more and more and more, like, you know, my parents were fighting a lot and it was very distressing for me. And Uh, My pain was really, anyone listening that doesn't know, I live with a chronic pain disorder that comes and goes. My pain was really, really bad. And I feel very lonely when that happens. And actually, because he supported me as a friend through those things, it's kind of like 
we almost as humans keep these secrets, these dark parts of us like blocked away and hidden away. We're too ashamed to share them. Will you like me less? Will you judge me more if I tell you these things about me? Mm. And so part of me feels like maybe that's what's happened here is that he saw her at her absolute worst. You know, she was hysterical during that divorce. She, my God, she was so skinny. Like it was just obviously a really dark time for her. So part of me feels like maybe maybe he was there maybe he's still there maybe something's come of it I don't know what do you think you know it's a possibility but the twins don't seem to be to me to be the most like emotionally like savvy and mature people and again what do I know right I just like I see what the show portrays but but like there was a scene where Chriselle came in asking for time off, like right after she got the text message and, you know, she was sad and like just watching their interaction, Jason and Chriselle, there was no like talk about feelings. It was very much like, you know, he was very kind and supportive and he's like, I'll cover your work, whatever you need. But it was just awkward because you could tell like he was uncomfortable with like the emotion. So I just, again, like, it's just, there's so many missing pieces. Like, how did this happen? And perhaps there's more to him than the show reveals, but I just don't see him as somebody that's like really emotionally <laughs> intelligent. But again, yeah. like, who knows? Yeah. That, I mean, that way. Well, what do we know? My question is why didn't this happen sooner? You know, like if it was something, if she had even thought about it during her marriage, why didn't it happen sooner? But then again, on the flip side, it's like, actually these things can be slow burner and then you can find yourself feeling very emotionally safe with someone and and then it kind of flourishes into something else. Um, but yeah, so I think that point about the friendship and, and it growing into something else is is a big thing. But it does just come back to this point of even if that friendship is there and even if you know the foundations of something is there are there is is she settling like I do wonder as a 40 year old woman like does she feel a pressure that she needs to be in a relationship does she feel a pressure that she needs to be getting married again you know her ex-husband has gone through three marriages and he got remarried within a year. So I also wonder if like, which is wild. I mean, part yeah. of me just wonders like, was that even going on when, when they were getting divorced, whatever. But part of me just feels like it, they're just, I wonder if there's a pressure on her around her into just like being with someone. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there is. I mean, I think it's hard when our ex moves on before us, especially when we're the ones that were dumped, you know? Mm-hmm. And also like, you know, they the biological clock thing. Like it is, there is a real limitation for women and it sucks, but it's also real. Um, but the other thing is like, they have had this friendship, right. For years. I just, you know, something that bugs me is a lot of times between men and women, if there's a friendship, then it's like, we think that turning, well, you know, you guys are such great friends, you know, you get along so well and he's so supportive or she's so supportive. So why not date? It's like, we think that like the Mecca of all relationships is like the romantic relationship. So then what happens? Like, then you try to turn that friendship into something romantic and then you blow up the friendship. Like if it doesn't work out, you're screwed. You really can't go backwards. 
And so I just, I don't know. I just, I guess I worry about that. Like what's going to happen if this is short-lived? Yeah. And I think also your point about like, why does it have to be more than a friendship? That for me is super interesting because I feel like I didn't have that many guy friends and I don't want to go back to that old adage of saying men and women can't be friends, like all women and women, men and men, you know, whatever your sexual preference is. Like, of course you can be like, we're not going to go down that avenue today. Yeah, but it is tricky. (laughs) Interesting. It is tricky. And then what's really interesting for me is that as I have got older, again, particularly in the last few years, um, particularly since I started therapy, Mm -hmm. I have started to develop friendships with guys that are definitely based in pure friendship and I can think of at least two guys maybe three um off the top of my head that is just we are great mates but there is something about like you know two of them have girlfriends which might make it easier because the third one who is single there is actually a a blurry line there it's like we are friends and we're gonna hang out now COVID is over or is ending or whatever, now we can hang out. And it just definitely made me think, you know, is this going to get pushed into something that is more than being friends? Like, do I even want to do that? Like you tick so many boxes as a person, but actually it's been so nice just to have a friendship with someone of the opposite sex. Like he gives me feedback on so many things, but he's given me a different like level of insight to than my female friends might. And yeah, super interesting. Does it need to go into something that is more than friendship? And I wonder if maybe that's something that can be applied to their situation. Like, did this need to go there? Right. And I mean, sometimes it just does, you know, like, I mean, things happen the way they're supposed to, but sometimes things are forced because we feel like, well, why wouldn't we? The thing that, that Chriselle and Jason should be aware of and that we, we all should be aware of is when you get into the romantic relationship realm, things get messy because Mm. friendship, it's a sacred, magical relationship. And, you know, hopefully in your friendships, you feel like you can be your full authentic self. When you get into the romantic relationship realm, that's when all of our deep-seated fears all of our neuroses, all of those like old patterns, thoughts, beliefs really get magnified and come to the surface. And so it's like, shit's going to change. Right. Like, and I think this is one of the reasons that, you know, we're going to touch on this in another episode is like, why did my last breakup screw me up the way that it did? What I learned from that is like, you're right. It was a mirror and a flashlight into like the biggest wound that I was holding in my heart that I didn't even realize that I had and he obviously triggered that and you're right like that wouldn't have been triggered if we had just stayed friends so it's Mm -hmm. super interesting to think that actually yeah it's going to bring up potentially if it's real if it is really a thing for them it's going to be a very different dynamic to the one they've experienced the last few years of this glitzy selling sunset having a great time selling houses and like looking beautiful whilst doing it life I guess oh yeah it's going to be so different so different you know like that's when our crazy comes out (laughs) it's true (laughs) it's very true yeah that's super interesting and I feel like she's probably holding on to a lot of pain with what she's gone through you know Also, uh, we haven't spoken about this, but 
I feel like from what we've seen of him in the series, and I don't know if it's him or his brother, but like one of them started dating someone and we never really saw her. I think he's 44. And again, you know, we're not judging being single at that age, but part of me thinks like he potentially is an emotionally unavailable man that is carrying his own wounds and has for some reason gone through something that has made him like that. And I feel like she's gone through a lot of pain as well. And sometimes I wonder, and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this, is that coming into a relationship with wounds, with someone that's emotionally unavailable, like, do you think that's a recipe for them basically being more likely to just kind of like be triggered and and run away from it? Or do you think it's that they both, if they're both doing the work on themselves, then for sure they can make that work? Well, I think it depends on the two people's stuff, the two people's wounds, right? Because some people's stuff can work together and some people's stuff is just going to keep triggering the other Mm -hmm. one. And even if both people are really like working on themselves and aware, which by the way is, you know, difficult, you're not going to find that in everyone, which is why you want to like consciously date. You want to work on yourself and choose people who are open to personal development. But like for Chriselle, obviously she was just, we don't know anything about her marriage. She gave us some clues. She basically, she said like she supported him and anything she wanted to do. And she kind of lost herself, which I think a lot of women can relate to. Um, She also said about her ex-husband, this was his style. Like when things got hard, we'd get in fights. He'd he'd be like, I'm out. So that was Mm -hmm. definitely a pattern for them. And we don't know like what behavior she tolerated in the marriage, what red flags she overlooked, but uh, you know, she experienced abandonment in that relationship. So it's likely that her wound is abandonment. If he is emotionally unavailable, that, that means he's going to be, you know, emotionally avoidant when shit gets hard, he's going to like withdraw, pull away. And you're right. Mm -hmm. Like a man who hasn't been married you know, into his forties. That's usually why, um, again, like as a psychologist, I, I watch these reality shows and I can't help, but just like analyze the hell out of them. And like, you know, Jason and his brother, they're very short by societal standards. I just, they're very rich by societal standards. Exactly. They're very rich, right? But I just wonder about their psychology and their mm. unless they've done a lot of work on themselves, there's got to be some insecurity there. And they do tend to be like very the show is very superficial. Like everybody in the show is just, you know, perfect. Hey, that is super interesting because we haven't actually thought about this from the flip side, which is that Jason might be coming into this with some insecurities. Maybe he is shorter than expected, which I think we often see, which is why they become more muscly. It's like the slight overcompensator. Um, And then he's also rich. And I wonder if this is why we didn't see any any girls or females, whatever, in, in the series, is that he may have an insecurity, which is that actually people are just with him for his money, right? Which could be then why he knows that Chriselle isn't so it could be super interesting actually to kind of again go 180 and like look at it from the other angle in which is something that we haven't really thought about or spoken about I can almost guarantee that those insecurities lie within him yes he you know he's muscly he's rich and that you know kind of 
in his mind or even by societal standards kind of makes up for the fact that he's super short you know it all comes back to the work we do on ourselves and healing and having a compassionate relationship with ourselves i really hope chriselle has is in therapy has been in therapy they don't talk about that on the show but let's let's hope so i wish they I would talk about it one of the things that i love about american society is that like therapy is very normal in comparison to the uk it's very openly spoken about um whereas in the uk it's still like incredibly stigmatized still like I would say one person a week that I meet will tell me that they don't believe in therapy. Like someone last week said to me that they don't like therapists because they think that they just try to take your money and keep you in session. <laughs> and I just was like, you, if you think that you need to go to therapy because it is, it's just beyond the most transformative experience. And also um, therapists, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but they want you out of their office right because that means they've done they've done their job like you've broken the cycles like you're not reliving these cycles correct exactly yeah it's not a, about becoming dependent on your therapist it's about you know healing and being self-reflective and getting new tools and learning how to create new patterns and new mm. thoughts that lead you down a new path you just mentioned the word dependent. That's something else that just sprung to mind here is that she was in this very long-term marriage or, you know, not very long-term, but long-term by, particularly by Hollywood standards, I think. Mm -hmm. And then she came out of it and she, she pretty quickly jumped into a relationship with, I don't know his name, but I think he was on the US version of Strictly Come Dancing with her, which is like the UK version. And then it seems like they broke up maybe only a couple of months ago. And now she's with Jason if she mm -hmm. is obviously we'll wait and see what happens there <laughs> right. and part of me wonders and is interested in your thoughts on you know what are your thoughts on when you come out of a relationship or you come out of a marriage like some people say you know you shouldn't be with people whilst you're healing and I don't agree with that because I think healing is a lifelong journey yeah. but on the flip side I also do think that like Mm, yeah you should basically do the work if you want to end up in the type of relationship that will be good for you so you don't keep reliving the cycles but yeah what are your thoughts on like should she be alone right now what are your thoughts on dating whilst healing like you said healing is a lifelong process there's no one size fits all and we're gonna do what we feel we should do but it's about patterns so it's not about like a one-time thing but you know what's her pattern we don't know what her dating life was before she met her husband but you know definitely like for me i used to have this pattern of like constantly seeking a relationship so i'd get out of one and then be looking for the other it seems like that may be true for her and if that is true we have to ask ourselves like what is she avoiding is she like why is she so uncomfortable being alone and for many of us that is a pattern you're right. If you don't take time to reflect and you can do it while you're dating, it's harder because, you know, when you're dating, you're focused on the relationship and you're, you know, there's all that stuff that your resources and emotions and thoughts are going to. So you're not just focused on yourself, but you have, you're going to keep recreating the same thing, the same relationship, the same outcome, unless you take that time to self-reflect. So I don't know if Chriselle is taking the time to self-reflect, you know, in terms of who she chooses to date, 
you know, what her wounds are, what her unmet needs are and how those play out in relationships. So I don't necessarily think when you get out of a relationship, you can't date again, but it, again, it's like, be aware of why, you know, so why am I wanting to find another relationship? Am I trying to avoid being alone? Do I have thoughts about being single and that single being single at this age is pathetic, or I'm scared to be alone, or I need someone to make me happy. I definitely have never been that person that needs to be with someone. Um, I've definitely been in like four or five long ish term relationships but in between all of them very much done like a good year two years on my own so that is one of the things that I kind of relate to less what was coming to me when you were talking about that is just being honest with yourself I met someone new and we started very lightly getting to know each other um and I just realized, like, I can't do this. Like, I'm not ready to do this. And I don't want to mess you around. I don't want to mess me around. I don't want to get into a situation that's going to hurt both of us. And so I basically, you know, communicated, which old me pre-therapy would have found very difficult to do. And again, you know, it's, it's tricky when you hit your thirties, like you said, it's that pressure of like, should I settle down? I need to find someone like blah, blah. And actually bringing in the more spiritual aspect here. I find it very helpful to believe that truly like there is a life path for me and this is all unfolding exactly as it should. Um, and I'm learning all the lessons that I should. So yeah, that was interesting for me, like being able to have that conversation and, you know, he didn't take it. <laughs> he didn't take it very well. <laughs> um, like his response is not what's important. And I just love that you brought this up because listening to that inner wisdom, that inner voice and our bodies tell us, you know, our bodies can be the, the kind of wisdom holder for us and signal to us what, and point us in the direction of our highest path. So you said like knowing that there is this life path for you and you can kind of surrender to it. It's so important. It's like that layer that many of us are not taught. It's not talked about, but it's, it's what I believe. And it's what I've lived. And I, I see it with all of my clients is there is a highest path for us. And when we listen to ourselves, when we do our own work and we do our own healing, it becomes so easy to know where our highest path is before we start to do our own work. Our lives are run by fear. Right. Mm -hmm. And when we make decisions based on fear or our fear-based thoughts that like run all of our patterns, like I got to find a partner time's running out, you know, maybe I won't find someone better Then we're out of alignment. We're out mm -hmm. of alignment with our true self and our highest path. And many of us live that way. So we choose a partner because we feel like we should, or we have to, or we're not going to find anything better. But when we know that if we just trust ourselves, if we tune into what feels good and we follow that, that everything just unfolds and keeps unfolding the way it's supposed to. Right, right. right. And I hope that, you know, it ties back to the point about like, I hope not only are they both in therapy and that she's healing from what she's gone through, um, but I also just hope that she's not settling and that she will understand that there is someone out there that is going to be amazing for her. And maybe it is Jason, you know, who are we to judge that? It might be, and we may be eating our, what's that phrase? Eating our, eating our words. 
eating our words. I don't know if that's it, but yeah, we, we might be eating our words in like one to five years time, you know, if they're still together. But I see a lot of people settling in their relationships. Right. Yeah. And I mean, ugh, I mean, this is so much of like why I do the work I do because a relationship is not going to make you happy. A relationship is not the end all be all. A relationship should not be the end goal because there are millions of people in relationships that are miserable. (laughs) So the point, the outcome should always be about like joy and alignment and choosing people that align with you and who you really are and what you really want. And, you know, if you're not doing the work on yourself, you don't have that self-awareness. It's hard to find that. You're right. You know, and maybe this is a nice place to wrap up is that like every single interaction that we have with another person is a vehicle, whether that person arrives for one day, one month, one year, one decade, or really a lifetime. And, and, you know, they're there continually, (laughs) continually Mm -hmm. teaching us over a very long, long time you know, everyone that we meet is, is a vehicle and whatever happens with Chrishell and Jason, like, I'm sure that they're both going to learn things about themselves, even if at the very least it's a publicity stunt and they're like, Hey, this is a publicity stunt, but actually I wish it wasn't like, I wish that this was real or like, I wish that it was real with someone else. I think they are, we're going to learn a lot from them and, and how this plays out. And I think that from my own experience, like you can find love in unlikely places. God, I got a bit emotional there. You can find love in unlikely places and with people that you might never think that you would fall in love with. And actually it can really change your life and and teach you whatever it needs to teach you for however long they stick around, huh? It's so true. It's never really about the relationship and the other person. It's about you because you are co-creating everything that happens in your life, every relationship, I've loved doing this with you. So thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who has tuned in. Terry, thank you. This has been amazing. And I can't wait to see what happens. And um, I will see you very soon. See you soon, Louise. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Wow. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I loved it. Before we go, I just wanted to let you know that Dr. Tari and I have decided that for some people who aren't quite ready to jump into one-on-one therapy or couples therapy just yet, then a relationship reading is the perfect place to start. Working with Dr. Tari in this one-on-one session, she will help you to identify your unconscious attraction, your relationship blind spots, exactly what your personal work looks like, whether you're single or in a relationship, and which outdated coping and protective strategies you are still using that push love away instead of allowing it to grow. If this sounds like something you're interested in, DM Dr. Tari or head to her website at Dr. Terry Mack, that is D-R-T-A-R-I-M-A-C-K.com. And just mention me, Louise Rumble, or Open House to get your discount on a session that might just change your life. Stay tuned for a whole array of different workshops, courses, and live sessions under Open House, as we have so much that we want to bring to you in case you cannot get inside a therapy room. Until then, lots of love.